Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. This is a bonus episode because I forgot to talk about the epic Super Bowl halftime show with Dr. Dre and Eminem and 50 Cent and Mary J. Blige and, and that other dude who I've never heard of for some reason. But if you're in your 40s, if you're like a 40-something person, maybe a late 30-something person, and you saw that shit... You were moved. You you were moved almost to the point of tears. There was something so magical about witnessing that spectacle that was just so amazing and nostalgic, and that just took you back to the '90s. You know, pre everything, and and if you're watching it, you could see at the beginning. There's this. They, they start going into their thing and Snoop's doing his thing and Dre's doing his thing. And you kind of, if you look at Dre, there's this moment where he's just kind of like in awe. He's just like, he's got this look of awe on his face. Like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like, you've got to be fucking joking. Look at what I fucking did with my life, you know? <laughs> It was fucking epic. And Snoop, Snoop is straight up dressed up in gang colors. Snoop is an, was a crip. Snoop, Snoop is an actual gang member. And Snoop is dressed up in blue, in all blue. He's got this like satin blue jumpsuit type of thing on with his cornrows and his like Snoop dreads. He's got like these nappy dread things and he's like half balding. <clears throat> and you have to imagine also... This is Los Angeles, California, where the Super Bowl was. Like, the, literally the gang capital of the world. L.A. is literally the gang capital of the world. And Snoop is on stage at the Super Bowl <laughs> wearing gang colors, doing the Crip Walk. Google Crip Walk if you want to, like, check out something cool on YouTube. He's doing the Crip Walk the whole time, and he's flashing the straight-up Crip symbol. Now, <clears throat> that might be literally the most gangster thing that's ever been done. Ever. Like, imagine if you're in the rival gang in Los Angeles and Snoop is doing that. You're just like, do you respect him or what do you do? Like, do you shoot him? I don't know. I, should I even be talking about this shit? I don't know. But it was fucking epic. And then, you know, Eminem just comes out with the Lose Yourself. And Mary J, I didn't like Mary J's performance, but I have to give a shout out to Mary J Blige because I was like three days off heroin in detox, in the detox center when I finally got sober. So I'm on like day three, which is the absolute worst day. Like day three and day four are just the absolute worst. It's just the worst you could ever feel. Your life could never be any worse than when you're on your third day of heroin withdrawal. Maybe it would be worse if someone you love died while you were going through heroin withdrawal or, um, you know, you were also being tortured while you were going through heroin withdrawal or you got a life sentence while you were going through heroin withdrawal. But heroin withdrawal is pretty, it's pretty fucking bad. And and they let us out of our rooms to watch Oprah and, and in the day room, in like the, the detox day room, these wooden chairs are these just god-awful fucking wooden, wooden chairs on wheels. So they wouldn't really sit still. And they were like, it was as if they were designed to just make everything worse. They were awful. And the TV had an actual antenna on the top of it. It was from the 80s or something. And the te- antenna had tinfoil around it. And to change the channel, you had to literally change the channel. Like it had a dial, a, di- a channel changer dial. You know what I mean? It got like one channel. 
and the other channels had the fuzz. Like, this shit was old school. And Oprah's interviewing Mary J. Blige, and Mary J. Blige is talking about being sober and recovery and higher power and thanking God. And and I'm in there. It's all black people and me, right? It's 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 There's three racist white guys. They weren't in the day room. And then it's everybody else is black, and then it's me, you know? So there were, like, I was in this day room with, like, I don't know, 20, 20, 20 people from, like, the west and south side of Chicago all going with through detox with me. And, um... And so it had a certain vibe to it, right? And and they're just like all grooving out to Mary J. Blige, and I'm sort of like white guy grooving out to it. But I remember being moved, being brought. It's Carol with Brawl also makes you incredibly emotional. It just makes you very all the feelings that you've squashed down seem to come back full force. And um and so I'm, I'm just start like I, I remember just being brought to tears watching Mary J. Blige's performance and then hearing her share part of her story with Oprah, her story of recovery with Oprah. And then all I'm in there with all this in, in there with all these other, you know, African Americans and they're just doing like is like being in African American church. It was like being in black church on the south side of Chicago watching Oprah and Mary J. Blige. It was fucking epic. It's epic experience, right? And um and the way Mary J. Blige spoke to Oprah about how beautiful her life had gotten as a result of getting sober, I, um, I, it gave me hope. It gave me this little glimmer of hope. And I was just like, it was exactly what I needed to hear that day. It was, there was, there could have been nothing more perfect delivered into my human experience by God than hearing Mary J. Blige talk about recovery with Oprah. And so she has this very special place in my heart. So I was watching her on stage and I'm just like, God damn, you've come a long way, just like Snoop and Dre and Eminem. Hey, but um, <coughs> so the experience, the the, the performance was <coughs> was just um, it was just it was just really fun to watch, you know. And I've never been a big fan of like live rap music anyway, but it was it was epic. And then the thing that really inspired me was that's like that's the American dream, like. Like, this is the difference between me and Ben Shapiro, me and, like, a, a conservative. Ben Shapiro gets on his fucking podcast on Monday morning, and his panties are all up in a bunch, that the left is celebrating, you know, these horrible people who, you know, especially Eminem, who said horrible things about gay people in 2001, which he did, you know? <laughs> and uh, But, you know, he's got his panties all up in a bunch, and, like, these people are not to be celebrated. They're, they're just rappers. And I'm like, no. Like, that's the difference between you and me, Ben, like, because I'm stoked I'm stoked that the first Eminem or that the first uh, NWA album was financed by Easy es crack selling. Like I'm, that's awesome. I think that's the fucking raddest shit ever. Ever. Even though you know he sold crack to a lot of crackheads and fucking crackheads probably did fucked up things to get the crack. But whatever, you know. Um, I I think that's awesome. I think that's fucking punk rock as fuck. You know, like, and you know when you go out selling crack, you're you're risking your life. Like you could get sent to prison for decades and you know they made it out and they threw their money together and they made this epic fucking album this like life-changing album straight out of Compton and and Dr. Dre was just this living in his mom's you know living in his house living in the in his mom's house and she didn't believe in him but he just believed in his music he just believed in it there was something about it he believed in he would go and DJ it the local roller rink or whatever for 20 bucks a night, whatever he was making, you know, and 
saved up his money and they made this album and it's just like that is fucking awesome and then Eminem's just doing dishes you know he's like doing dishes in Michigan <laughs> in Detroit and writing rhymes in the pad that he's still got the box that he keeps all his rhymes in and uh that's fucking epic and all he did you know he just had a dream in a fucking rap magazine didn't give up he just kept rapping because that's what he loved and Snoop, you know, finally slipped his demo tape. He had a demo tape. He slipped it to fucking Dr. Dre. Some, he gave it to a friend of Dre's, and Dre finally heard it and recorded Doggy Style, which is epic. Everything else that Snoop did after that was terrible, but because he was Snoop, he was able to, like, get by, even though he had, like, his talent just seemed to vanish after, after um, Doggy Style. Like, it's a shame, too, because most, most musicians, most artists, it'll be like their first album is, like, pretty good and then second third and then fourth are usually third second third maybe third and fourth are typically their best um but yeah snoop just went downhill but it doesn't matter you know because snoop is snoop so you know fuck you ben shapiro get your panties out of a bunch um yes it's true eminem did make an incredibly disturbingly homophobic album in 2001 but then he got up with elton john at the grammys and sang that shit and it would be interesting to hear what the wokians would have to say like if that just came out now what the what the wokian religion would say about it it's really that is an interesting thing to ponder it has not been taken down though it's still on you can go on itunes and listen to that shit all day long um and that's the way it should be that's most definitely the way it should be and um it was just I was I was like seriously moved by that performance on so many levels. So I wanted to to come on and just give a little shout out to
Good night, spirit guides, I love you.